mouse. Llewellyn Moss. Call it. No Country for Old Men. Hello everyone, welcome into a, once again another episode of Less Than Average. I am one of your hosts, Riley. I'm the other host, David. And this is episode 22, No Country for Old Men. Uh, welcome in, we appreciate all the support. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Less Than Average Podcast. And uh, I heard this the other day, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, on the artist formerly known as Twitter, LTA7878. <laughs> uh, I like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, David, how you doing? Good. Work's busy. Yeah. Uh, I had some some time to myself. Uh, wife went to Portland, so I was able to catch up on some movies that I want to watch that she wouldn't necessarily be keen yeah. to watch. So uh, it was nice to have some downtime. Nice. You got a lot more than I do, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so episode 22, No Country for Old Men. Um, it's a good movie. David picked it. It was... Uh, it's all, I don't want to say timeless, but I feel like it's going to be a movie. It's like a movie that you can always just throw on and watch. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those movies that's going to be important in cinema history. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, first Coen Brothers film I think we've reviewed? Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're so, right. Yeah. And I'm sure it won't be the last. No, no, no. you're right. That's the guy's good idea. Okay. Well, anyways, before we do that, we'll get into some news like we always do. Um, there's not a ton, honestly, this has been a thing for the last, I don't know how many episodes, but there's the, the big strike going on right now. Um, but luckily the news is that the strike is over. So, um, I'd say that, I mean, I think the we got what we wanted. I'd say they, they met, they, they agreed to a bunch of terms and a bunch of people are getting paid for shit that they want to get paid for. So, um, it's just kind of nice that we can get back to, and like, Obviously, you and I like content, so like we yeah. want to watch movies. We yeah. want to watch stuff, and things are being back to being made. So, good. Everything's um, gonna start flowing smoothly again. Hopefully, I saw like Ryan Reynolds and Wolverine. Or, uh, <laughs> that's His funny. name is Hugh. Ryan Reynolds <laughs> and yeah, Hugh Jackman are back in the gym working mm. out for Deadpool. So like that in itself, right? Yeah. It's like it like gets me hyped up a little bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, the only bit of news I have: uh, Marvels came out last weekend, I believe. Yeah, yeah, the Marvels um, didn't do good in the box office. Didn't do great review wise. Yeah, it's got to be. I'd have to look at numbers. I don't actually look at numbers at this point, it's, but it's got to be the, their lowest. It's yeah. the lowest box office opening yeah. for any Marvel film. Um, I don't know where it is as far as like um, percentage of people who liked it wise versus other Marvel movies, but I don't think it's high up. Oh, there. I see. Yeah, I'm gonna quickly do a Rotten Tomatoes because. Actually, I'll do this later because I watched it. I'll talk about it when I watch it. Well, I got it right here. Apparently, IMDb has it as 6 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes scores at 62 and 52% of Google users liked it. Yeah, okay. Not great. Um, Wasn't a movie I didn't... I I don't really understand why they made it. I mean, we'll talk about this more when you do your review. Yeah, yeah. That's the only news I had. Uh, And then a couple trailers. I mean, I actually thought about... Um, doing a little segment of like we actually talk trailers, not just news, because it, it, it's kind of the same, but it's kind of different sometimes. Um, but there's a couple trailers that were kind of came out, which is cool. Um, Fall Guys, the one that kind of stands out, it's like Ryan Gosling, same director as Bullet Train, one of the guys from uh, the first John Wick, I believe. Mm. Um, Emily Blunt, 
right? Yeah. Um, honestly, it looks really good. It looks like just original and fun, and that's what we like in movies. And I was watching the trailer, not knowing anything about it. Like, this looks... I don't know if I'm going to like this. And, like, by the end, like, hell yeah, I'm going to see that. So yeah. it's always nice seeing something that's excites me like that, that I don't know anything about. And something new, too, like you said. Like, it's not, oh whatever the hell remake even of this. john wick i love john wick yeah. but like you know john wick six or you know yeah. like yeah i'm over it yeah uh, and then yeah planet of the apes yep planet of the uh i don't sorry what's it called kingdom? Right, right yeah kingdom of the planet of the apes yeah um it does look cool yeah yeah i'm on board with it i, li- I like that it like it looks like it's gonna be a battle between like two tribes of apes as well, well and again i know we watched all the originals but it looks like they're doing a similar idea of like going back taking references from these uh, like original movies but also like moving the story on yeah. for like not trilogy but this timeline i don't know what you want to call it yeah, yeah. i don't know yeah. this is the fourth one correct it's the fourth one in the series yeah. so yeah yeah look forward to watching that one i i enjoyed the other three for sure i thought the second one was my favorite of them oh yeah oh i'd have to think that's the one with Koba. Yeah. yeah, I think I might agree yeah. with that. I don't remember a lot of the third one, if I'm being perfectly honest. The third honest. one's good. It's about them in, like, the camps. It's kind of like that story. Yeah. Like they're, they're, like, slaves. Not slaves, but, like, they're... Woody Harrelson? Slave labors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he's a good villain. Yeah, I like me some Woody. Yeah. Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. <laughs> and the guy from <laughs> Toy Story. He's cool, too. Uh, yeah, that's all I had for news. Just yeah, like I said, there's not a ton. Hopefully, we'll get some more news and more stuff now yeah. the strike's done. So. Woohoo! Back to normal. Back to content that's right okay uh, so what we've been watching first up on my list uh is the 1975 american political thriller film uh three Do- days of the condor okay uh it stars robert redford faye dunaway uh max von Sydow, and cliff robertson it's a story about um he's almost an analyst um Robert Redford's character is like an analyst who works for the CIA. And all they kind of do is go through books and try to find if there's any hidden meaning in the books that these other countries are publishing, like a code of the like Weird, okay. different cells talking to each other type thing. Okay. So he goes out for lunch one day, comes back, and his whole fucking team gets wiped out. So it's about him going out on the lamb, I guess. And he's got like the CIA after him and like these other shady people who are trying to kill him. And it's about him trying to navigate between all that, figuring out who he can trust, who he can't trust. Um, it was pretty good. I didn't, I wasn't wowed by it. I just randomly found it on Blu-ray at London Drugs, <laughs> and it was like this old cover. And I, I'm just kind of like, I like going back and watching old movies and just kind of seeing where we got to film-wise. Right. Um, I like Robert Redford. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a good actor. Max von Sydow. So once I saw the two of them on the cover, I was like, okay, I'm just going to buy it. It's $16. Who cares? Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd watch it again. The one really cool aspect I liked is there was this one scene where Robert Redford, obviously he's on the run, and then Max von Sydow is kind of one of these shady agents who's after him. And there's a scene where it's Robert Redford and Max von Sydow in, the, in a elevator together. And it's like a very tense scene. And, like, as I'm, like, watching it, like, oh, my God, oh, this reminds me of something. Like, what does this remind me of? And then I was like, oh, fucking Winter Soldier. Because oh. I, I just got vibes of, like, that elevator scene. And so I looked into it and, like... One of the scenes it was... It was a homage to this film. Cool. And that was kind of one of the reasons why they also wanted Robert Redford in the role. Oh, interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that, that yeah. was cool that I, like, 
I just felt because obviously I've seen Winter Soldier before I saw this. Yeah, yeah. But as soon as I was watching that elevator scene, that's just where my mind went. And like they were like, yeah, we wanted to make a homage to this film because we liked it so much. I think elevators are like a cool. It's like an interesting location. It's a very tense location. Yeah, and like I'm th- I, when you said elevator scene, I was th- I thought of uh, Smoke and Aces instantly, and just like it starts off really tense, and then as they're just like yeah. shooting this shit at each other, like I don't know. Yeah, this one was like kind of like similar where you have that building tension where you're like both people kind of know like to the Winter Soldier kind of yeah. yeah obviously it doesn't get into a cool fight scene or whatever like that but it just made me think about it uh, I just want to watch Winter Soldier yeah <laughs> yeah I was like oh fuck yeah um, that awesome too sorry yeah so it was it was pretty good not too bad I gave it six and a half double crosses out of ten ooh nice yeah I like where it went with certain characters where you're kind of like oh I don't I didn't see that coming and then. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. Cool. Um, okay, well, I'm just gonna go and talk about the Marvels just because we kind of just talked about it. Um, it's the last one I saw too. It just I just went out the other day and watched it. Um, not surprised. It's the lowest rated movie, and like you know, you said you don't know why they made it. I think I do, and like we're at this point where like like even Captain America: Winter Soldier, like they've made that movie for you and I. Like yeah. they're gonna and like they're still gonna make badass stuff and they're still going to make try to hit all audiences with their with their stuff but like or their their content i just feel like and that watching this movie reinforced the feeling of like oh this movie's not for me mm. like this is for even my sister probably likes it a lot like Haley, like she probably is like really into it and then like that 14 year old that was sitting down the, in the other row like she was probably really into it it was okay like i thought like my and like I was talking to my buddy at work too. My bar is real low, especially for something like this. And I've told you this too. When I, I go see, I go to the theater. I like to go see movies, Marvel movies. I'm obviously going to go see, but like after seeing like Thor and even Doctor Strange and um, like Eternals, yeah. Like, like I'm not expecting like, and we I think we you and I have talked about this before. Like I'm not expecting end game level content. I probably won't expect that ever again because like I don't think they'll be able to do that. Um. So I went with my bar low, and I don't know. I thought it was all right. It was, uh, it's a sequel to Captain Marvel. So it essentially, it brings in um, Carol Danvers back, and then it brings in Monica, who is from WandaVision, and then Kamala, who is from Miss Marvel. So they, it's the three of them coming together, and they really do like share the screen time kind of thing. I wasn't sure if it would just be like a Captain Marvel movie with the two of them sort of in it, but no, it's kind of the three of them are the main characters. Um, Monica's awesome. I like her a lot from the show, too, uh, WandaVision. And uh, there was some touching stuff because she's actually their character is in the first Captain Marvel, like as a young girl. So she has this story that they carry over, and there's like some emotional stuff, which was decent. Um, as far as the fight scenes and stuff go, they were the best part. So there's like this beginning fight scene when they're all not sure what's going on, and they keep switching bodies, mm-hmm. and they're all in three different locations. And so I've never seen a fight scene where three people are in different locations, but they're fighting the same people. You know what I mean? So it was similar to like what we're talking about with uh, fall guy like something new like i've never literally i've watching this movie not expecting a lot and it's like the beginning of the movie so it got me at that kind of thing but like it was awesome this fight scene was cool and it was like has its marvel charm of like being funny and nick fury's cracking jokes while he's shooting guys and stuff um but i don't know i like that part the movie itself though i don't know I hear it has an amazing villain that's like completely well and that's memorable that's my thing too is i don't know how marvel doesn't realize like and they've hit with thanos loki red skull was good you know captain america's in my head whatever yeah. but like how do you not realize you're just 
cranking out another generic villain. Yeah. Like, it literally, like, and I was talking about it before, like, I don't know this person, but maybe that's good. Maybe I'll not have this, you know, expectation Idea, or, yeah. yeah, oh, you know, they should be doing this. But, like, uh, yeah, okay, I get it. It was kind of cool because, like, Captain Marvel, what she did in the first movie made, like, you know, she was the villain to all these people. So, like, that side of it was good, but the character of the villain, I don't even know her name. Character, <laughs> like, I don't remember her. It's a villain. Rav Ravona or some shit. I don't remember. Honestly, she was she was kind of lame. The movie itself, again, I, I'm kind of rambling on going too deep into it, but like it targets young girls. I feel, which mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Um, there's a scene where they go to a planet and they all have to sing. It was actually pretty funny. Yeah. I liked it for like the first two minutes, but it's like eight minutes later, and they're in like now they're in dancing on this planet where they're singing, and it's like okay, I didn't need to watch this like. It, it was a cool idea. It made me laugh. Okay, I'm into it. But then just right. move on yeah. kind of thing. And then, like, there's, like, these cats. The cats from the first movie come yeah, back. Yeah, here, that's a big part of it. Yeah, and again, like, these cats, it's kind of a gag. Like, it's kind of, like, a, a visual gag. And, like, I get it. It's a funny idea. But, like, all of a sudden, it's, like, a 35. No, I'm exaggerating. It's probably a 15-minute scene of, like, these cats and this, like, silly thing. And it's just... Feels too long. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, again, I can I can laugh at something funny, but... Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're beating me over the head with it. Yeah. So, anyways, um, I wasn't disappointed with it. I was actually impressed because the fight scenes and stuff were cool. I like all three characters, even Kamala. Like, she plays this like whiny teenager, but that's what she's supposed to be. So, like, it was fine. See, like from what I've seen, like for review wise, yeah. that she was like the shining star of the film. Like that she was the best part. Yeah, and like she, again, kind of the no expectations thing. Like she, we've talked about young actors in the past too, like kids. I don't expect a lot from them. I often think they're going to suck. So when she, when they don't suck and <laughs> like, then yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> part of my problem too, with the show was that it didn't look good mm. and it looked way better. And their costume looked pretty cool too. Like, like at one point they each get a new costume and I was like, that looks really, actually I don't, I'm, again, I'm going too into it, but I'm going to rate it 6.5 alien kitties out of 10. Um, could have been way worse. I think is what I'll say about it, but it obviously could have been much better. Um, most Marvel movies I go see multiple times in theaters. I'm not going to do that mm. for this one. Um, uh, but this is where I'll end it. It was much better than Thor Love and Thunder. Oh. I thought that was a bad movie. This was not a bad movie. And just because I was kind of thinking about like Rotten Tomatoes, um, this, the Marvels actually has an 83. I'm sure that'll go down as time goes. On Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, of the audience score. Oh. Um, and Love and Thunder has a 76, which, like... See, and, like, I find, like, I'm over Rotten Tomatoes, to be perfectly I just mean, I just, That's why I'm looking at audience scores, yeah, though. that's like, what I normally go with. Yeah, and, like, I just was wondering what, again, the general public, will say, thought between these two movies, because, like, to me, you'd think Thor would be a much better movie than Miss, or the Marvels. Yeah. And it, I think it was opposite. Yeah. Hmm. So. Interesting. Uh, I'll probably never watch either. To be perfectly honest, we can move on. Um, next up on my list, I watched the 2022 film Supernatural Horror Australian Talk to Me. Oh yeah, uh, one Riley reviewed a couple episodes oh, a ago. A while ago, I actually know. Story about a uh, it's a hand that the voodoo ki- hand. Yeah, that the kids touch. They say talk to me, and then they get possessed, and they say what? Let me in. I think I don't really remember. Let something like that. Yeah, I think so. Um, so it like focuses on this one girl who's like dealing with the loss of her mother. Oh yeah. And she gets introduced to this hand. Oh yeah. yeah. And then it kind of 
it gets worse and worse as the more that they use it and they let this one uh, little brother of her friend use it. And then it all goes to shit after that. And it's about her kind of losing her mind and being taken over by these entities. Uh, you know, I was hoping it would be better. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm a big fan of horror. I like, um, also like very unique horror films. Literally what we're talking yeah. about, though. Something new. Or, Something yeah. new and original yeah, yeah. that's not, doesn't feel like a churned out studio produced film, which this doesn't feel like that. It does feel like it's, it's unique. I was into it like right from the start with the, um, it's like starts with tracking that guy through the party yeah. and then it's like his brother like stabs his brother and like stabs himself in the face and i was like boom i'm fucking i'm into this but then i just felt it didn't really deliver yeah it, it wasn't super scary and it also wasn't super tense it was like a little bit of both oh okay okay yeah yeah that makes sense like it didn't push either one f- far enough for me personally um there was some good uncomfortable scenes yeah, like that's for what sure stands out been thinking back on the movie that's yeah like i like how like this when her mom starts showing up like later but it's like not really her mom yeah and it's just like the, you see the entity and like she, yeah. she's like kind of creepy um the scenes with the brother man yeah that's what i remember Whew! yeah <laughs> the, the first time he gets possessed that was hard to watch and then when, when he's in the back, hospital yeah that was fucking brutal to watch yeah. um i also the two directors were on uh joe rogan oh yeah Holy fuck, they are so annoying to listen to. Oh, really? Oh, my God, man. That's like, funny. the amount of energy with their accent is just like, uh. take her down a notch, boys. <laughs> um, and, like, I, I've been looking into it. They're going to do, like, a sequel oh, and a prequel. Pre- oh, doing both. Yeah. I, I, th- I know they were doing a prequel. Which I'm like... <sighs> my thing is... Yes. Why, why would you make that? Because we know how it's going to end. With the brothers being possessed. Yeah. yeah that's right. Like, it start like, not knowing what happened up t- to get that kid up to that point at the start of the movie is better than knowing what got him there. You know? Yeah. Where you just start out and you're like, what's going on with this kid? Why is he being all weird? Why is he attacking his brother? And then why does he kill himself? Yeah. Like, I don't need to know that. But, like, now we're going to have to, like, know that. Because yeah. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Hopefully it's good. Yeah. You know what? And as far as, like, an independent film goes. Yeah, it's eight. A24, so um, it's good to see um, a movie with such small budget do so well. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like shows that, okay, we don't really need these fucking 50,000, not 50, 50 million dollar budgets to make good horror films. Um, Either way, not the best, not the worst. I gave it six eye gouges out of 10. Oh, gross. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't know, like. For me, I don't know if I would watch the prequel or sequel. Again, you know, someone says, hey, it's pretty good. You should watch it. Okay, then I would probably, but I'm not going to go out of my way. No, and like, I feel like if it was like, if it pops up on something, like yeah. if it's on Netflix like, or. That's actually the reason I did see that because someone said to me, hey, you should go see this. Yeah. So. And like, it was, it was well acted. Like, uh, yeah, the, again, um, younger actors. They did yeah, they did yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, you know, it had decent stakes, but I just like, I didn't feel like it was. Scary enough or tense enough for right. me, personally. Yeah. All right. Um, my one show that I've been watching, finally done, Ahsoka. Mm, I don't know if you... No, but I know the plot. You looked it up or something? Or yeah, I just watched watch stuff. Yeah. Um, so, a uh, new Star Wars show. Essentially, uh, Rosario Dawson plays Ahsoka Tano. She's a character that's been in a lot of Star Wars media now. Started off as like an animated character in the Clone Wars and the Clone Wars movie. And then she was, I mean, 
The Clone Wars is like an interesting show because there's a bunch of storylines and characters, but she's pretty much the main character of the Clone Wars. Then she appears in Star Wars Rebels, which is a show that takes place in between episode three and four. Um, like, I think it's technically after Solo or, you know, whatever. I don't know exactly where it takes place. It's a show, so there's a couple seasons. She is one of the kind of recurring characters in that show. Uh, that was a pretty good show. Um, I'd recommend it, but it's not like, you have to watch that show. Yeah. Um, so this is a live-action version of Ahsoka. She appeared in Mandalorian and maybe something else. Maybe not. No, I think just Mandalorian. Mandalorian. I don't company. think she was in like Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Okay. But then, um, so she's. This is her own show. This show pretty much operates as a sequel to Star Wars Rebels. So yeah. yes, it's a show about Ahsoka, but everything else in the show is based on characters and stuff that's from Star Wars Rebels. So uh, shout out to Travis. I feel like you're listening to most of these, <laughs> uh, and I know you've watched pr- probably more of the content than I actually have. Um, so I feel like Star Wars probably, or sorry, I feel like Travis probably loved Ahsoka because he's probably watched Star Wars Rebels. I have as well. I thought it was pretty good. To for you though, I, it's almost like well, you should watch four seasons of Rebels, a, a car, yeah. an animated yeah, show first. I wouldn't know a bunch of the characters. Right? Like it, honestly, like I didn't love it for that reason because like. Like, you can watch Mandalorian, even Book of Boba Fett, which is a spinoff of Mandalorian, technically. Yeah. Like, you could watch that by itself and be fine. Like, you get the idea, except for, you know, when, when Mandalorian shows up. But, like, <laughs> like uh, dark what? I, I, yeah, I think it technically uh, suffered from that, just mm-hmm. in the sense of, like, thank God I know all these characters. But besides that, it was a pretty good show. It was actually, like, very well done in the sense of, like, like kind of what you just said with the stakes. The stakes were high. Um, the villain's good. Um yeah, I hear, uh, what's his name? Ray Stevenson? Yeah. He's dope. And yeah. so he's passed away. I will spoil a bit of the end of the show, so if you don't want to hear about the end of Ahsoka, skip the next little bit. But uh, he doesn't die or anything. Like, his character is totally open-ended, and he has an apprentice. So the two of them, there's no, uh, and, like, obviously the season two, there's no fucking, <laughs> uh, like, ending to anything. Yeah. But, like, they don't have an ending at all. So clearly they wanted to do something with their characters. So it is a shame that he's passed away because his character was awesome. We're going on a tangent here for Star Wars. You and I, way back in the day, talked about, like, what if we did, you know, Jedis that weren't Jedis, but they're not Sith. They're just yeah. kind of nobodies, and they're not good or bad. That's them. Mm. Like, they finally did it. I feel like it's these two <laughs> characters. And we're not getting paid for it? Yeah, yeah. And they're, like, knights. Like, they kind of have armor. Like, the girl does, at least. Like, her, she looks pretty cool. Um, and she's, like, kind of like an emo, moody teenager. Mm. Kind of her vibe. Yeah. But I liked her. Um, and I feel like they're able to do a lot with her because she's still alive and they can do stuff. So um, they were good. Like Thrawn is like in the main villain and he was good coming back too. Um, Ahsoka was cool. All the characters. I was very happy with the casting of most of them. There's one character from Rebels that doesn't show up, which I think is stupid. You have everyone else. Why, not Why didn't you yeah. throw this guy in? But whatever. Season two, I'm sure will be the first person who shows up or whatever. Um, but I was pretty happy with it. I don't think you should watch it, which is a shame to be honest. Yeah, I... <sighs> Like I, I like oh, sorry, yeah I don't think I will yeah I don't I don't I don't blame you I wasn't rushing like when I saw that they were making a show about her because I I have no ties to that character yeah whatsoever and, and again like you won't have any ties to any of the other characters yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. like what am I watching it for um, but honestly I think it's pretty good I think they I think it's a win um, I think Ahsoka is cast well um, yeah I uh, I'm gonna give it seven out of ten dope lightsabers. Um, because she uses like two lightsabers, I think they're pretty cool, and she like upgrades them. Um, yeah, and I heard people are like, 
mad about certain things, about certain, like, the one chick gets stabbed with a lightsaber. But, like, yeah. if you're going to be nitpicky, you're not going to like anything. That's kind of, and, like, you know, like I said, I like content. I'm, you give me good Star Wars, I'm going to be happy. Like, I don't know. Give me some blasters and a lightsaber. Yeah, like, lightsabers, it. fucking space battles. And there's, like, there's a cool part, too, where the one chick has, like, a lightsaber and, a, like, a blaster, and she's, like, rocking both. Like, that's cool, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. And I hear Thrawn's, like, not bad as yeah. a villain. Yeah, he's good. Like, yeah. most of the villains were good. And stuff. I've, I've seen, like, the clips. Yeah, and it's cool, because, like, they kept his voice. Like, the guy who plays him in, in the in the show, Yeah, he plays him in the... Uh, sorry. <laughs> yes. The guy who does his voice in the animated stuff plays him in live action, which I can, I can just respect that, right? Yeah, didn't they do that for most of the... Rosario Dawson is not, but it kind of makes sense because for the most part, Ahsoka was a young child, Mm -hmm. so her voice actor, like, I I don't blame them there. Yeah. Um, But the rest of the characters, no, they kind of, like, like, for Rebels, at least, they Mm -hmm. kind of recast most, except for Thrawn, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next up on my list uh, is the 1963 American epic war suspense adventure film, The Great Escape. Oh, yeah. Starring uh, Steve McQueen, James Gardner, Richard Attenborough. Nice. James Donald, Charles Bronson, Donald Pleasance, James Coburn. Yeah. You know, there's some boomers out there who are just like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure boomers are listening to our podcast. (laughs) My dad might be. (laughs) Dad, this one's for you. Oh, maybe. I think he's he's listened to a couple of them. Gave him a shout out last time with Dune, too. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. Um, So the story is essentially about a uh, POW camp. Uh, It's full with a bunch of British and American and Canadian Essentially, the Allies, like during World War Two, during World War Two, are in this prisoner camp, and this camp was specifically built to hold this group of people because they've all broken out of prisons before. Oh, so it's like the prison. I don't remember that actually, to put cool. all these people in. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's actually really good. It's it's a long movie. Obviously, nineteen sixty three movies are paced a little bit differently than ours are. Um, but even right from the start. As you're introduced to characters, you you see that they're all trying different things to escape as soon as they walk into the camp. Oh, cool. Like, there's one guy who's, like, already grabbing stuff that they'll need. The one guy's testing the blind spots between the two guard towers. And the other people get in this fake fight so that a bunch of them can, like, jump in this thing and, like, pretend to be Russian prisoners. And, like, as soon as they're in the camp, they're already trying to escape. And it's based on a true story about this group who dug this huge tunnel from their cabin to the woods and they think that their tunnel has made it right into the woods so that they'll be in, in cover. But as soon as the night comes where they're like That's all cool. about to go, they get out, they realize their tunnel's like 15 feet short or something. So a bunch of them get out, then the alarms go off. Some of them get caught and then some of them just get like gunned down. Like it was pretty dark and, I should have known going into it. I mean, it's obviously it's a story about World War Two. It's not going to be all fucking yeah. sunshine and, and rainbows. Everyone lived happily yeah. ever That's after. That's what I thought was going to happen. It turns out it didn't. A lot of them got killed. Um, it was good as far as like you know, important piece of cinema about something really important in world history. Right. Yeah, I I quite enjoyed watching it. Steve McQueen. It wasn't in it a lot. I didn't feel like. Yeah. But every scene he was in is like, man, that is a cool dude. He just, he was one of those, like, movie stars. Yeah, that's kind of what, like, I, my dad showed me this movie when I was younger, like, just one of the movies your dad shows you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I remember him, like, standing out, Steve McQueen's what I remember, yeah. you know what I mean? The motorcycle scene. Yeah, yeah. that was a fucking dope scene. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was good. I gave it um, seven motorcycle chases out of ten. Nice. 
Uh, I enjoyed it. It was fun to watch. I'm glad I own it. Yeah. Um, do another one? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so next up, again, I've been watching old movies. Uh, I watched the 1973 American caper film, uh, The Sting. Oh, starring yeah. Robert Redford, right. um, like Paul Newman, Robert and Robert kick. Shaw. Nice. So it's essentially oh, Robert Shaw. Yeah, he plays like the. So essentially, it's about um, Robert Redford's character is like um, a, con- a con man who ends up with this other friend of his conning this mafia guy who was carrying all this money. Okay, it sets off a chain of events. The guy who Robert Redford's working with gets killed. Robert Redford has to leave town, and then he is introduced to Paul Newman, and they come up with an idea to con the guy who essentially killed their friend, Okay, who is played by Robert Shaw, nice. who is like this big Irish fucking mob boss. Cool. So they come up with this idea to con him, and by using like all this money to like build this fake... Um, area where like you know where they call horse races like a horse race betting place yep so they make one of those yeah they essentially fill it with a bunch of con men yeah. who are all acting like actors yeah, yeah 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 and so they have like the results coming in on real races but it's like two minutes before it's actually oh, like, they like after the tvs or, yeah sorry whatever yeah, yeah so they do this That's huge funny. con to like is it like comedic or not really yeah yeah, yeah there's yeah. definitely some comedic elements to it but it's also like serious as well because like all these people right. are yeah, trying yeah. to like kill robert redford okay and like the people who are trying to kill him are also working with him at the same time because they don't actually know what he looks like <laughs> that's funny so he's conning the people <laughs> yeah, who yeah, are yeah. trying to kill yeah, him yeah, yeah um obviously it's the um, second time that robert redford and paul newman For butch acted cassidy together butch cassidy and the sun yeah. kid who's also the same director as this oh, film that, that, that makes sense yeah um which one's first do you know was, butch sorry, cassidy it was first okay, yeah yeah um, this movie won a lot of awards. Won Best Picture. I don't know. Best oh, did it? Actor. Oh, did it? No, sorry. Best Picture, Best Director, Film Editing, and Original oh, yeah. Screenplay. Yeah, you're right. Crazy. Um, it was so really it good. Must have been good. Yeah. Um, I really like Paul Newman. Obviously, I've obviously been on a Robert Redford kick. Right. But yeah. Paul Newman to me steals the show as this kind of older con man who's trying to teach Robert Redford all this stuff, and he's just so charming and like smooth as well like he does this um he pretends to be super drunk in this card game when he first meets the robert shaw's character okay. and like he just plays this like really belligerent guy but he's conning Over, him the whole time yeah. and like they find out that robert shaw's whenever he plays poker he cheats so he uses a fake deck so he knows what cards are coming okay so while they're doing this paul newman switches the deck so that he'll win and he's kind of like caught Robert Shaw being like, you can't say that you you were supposed yeah, to win because yeah, yeah, that yeah. means you're cheating. Right. So it's like this cool. battle between the two of them the whole film, and then there's like an assassin after Robert Redford the whole time, and you don't know who it is. Oh really? Because you only see their hands. Oh, one of those. Yeah, yeah. And like they the reveal, yeah, yeah, the reveal of who it is. You're like, holy shit! I oh, didn't cool. see that. Oh, good. And the ending, you think like something's happened, but it actually hasn't happened. Um, I was into it. Obviously, old film paced a little bit differently. Yeah, sure. Um. It does a lot of, like, transitions. Like, there's different chapters, obviously. Okay. And each chapter will have, like, a, a painting. Yeah. Okay. So it feels... And it has, like, really old music to it. Because it's set in 1936. Oh, okay. okay so okay. it, like, has, like, that kind of music through yeah, the whole thing. Um, it was good. I'd probably watch it again. I really like the two of them together. Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Robert Shaw, obviously. Yeah. He's the man. 
Jaws. Jaws. And just watching, like, I like even all the small characters, like the other people they get on their crew to help, like, pull this con yeah, off. Yeah. Like, it's just fun. It's just fun to watch the good guys con these bad guys. Um, so I gave that one eight schemes out of ten. Ooh, nice. All right. Yeah, you, it's cool. You've been on an old movie kick, and it's you're making me want to watch all these old movies. Not, yeah. not all of them, but... Yeah. yeah. I think it's just... I'm trying to do it like a... It's not even a conscious thing, but like a balance, because you're a lot more likely to go to the theaters. I, I just like all my stuff's new, yeah. Yeah, whereas I like to like go back and like watch. So I just think it's like a nice balance. Yeah, yeah. Between I like it. Two. No, cool. Like I said, you're making me want to go yeah. watch them. All right, well, I went to the theater, and I watched Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm. So it's the new Martin yep. Scorsese film starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Robert De Niro, yep. Jesse Plemons. He's great. Uh, yeah, he might be one of our underrated actors one day. He should be. Yeah, yeah, he's, 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 he's my next pick. <laughs> Spoiler for the next episode. That's what we're talking about next time. Um, but yeah, um, so new Scorsese, mo- Scorsese movie. I don't know how to actually pronounce his last name, but... Scorsese! Oh, you're killing it. You <laughs> well, must have been practicing well, you know, name pronunciations. I've been calling you out a little bit. Uh, so. You know, my Italian, I've been working on it, so... <laughs> you get a little drunk, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it was really yeah. good. So it's um, it's, a, it's like a Western... Sorry, I was like... It's 2023, so it just came out. American Western epic crime drama. Um, produced by Scorsese, and it's based on a book of the same name written by David Gran. And so essentially what it's about, it's in the 1920s in Oklahoma. I don't know if it started in the 20s, but essentially when they were divvying up land for the white people and the indigenous people, they gave the indigenous people this land over there. And that land over there, it was the Osage Nation. Um, so it's the Osage Osage tribe. Um, they struck oil. And then they're, apparently they're... they're the, the land in Oklahoma was just like full of oil and there became this thing of the indigenous people in the area were like rich like straight up like the rich people and white people were like the the poor people in the area almost the minority and had to like work for the indigenous people so the actual plot of the movie is is about um, essentially like a group of like white men um marrying themselves into these indigenous families and killing off all the indigenous women so they can like inherit their like oil rights and well it's fucking crazy man and it's a true story too so um rob de niro plays william king hale and he was like the mastermind behind it all so it's obviously a great rob de niro role um and then leonardo leonardo dicaprio plays ernest burkhart he is essentially was like the main like tool that Rob De Niro's character would use. He was his nephew, and he essentially just like they. It, it, honestly, it's it's crazy story. It's it's like I said because it's true. It just like it's a little shocking mm-hmm. how they were treated and like everything they're doing was legal. Like they're they're doing it in the prop, and I'm I'm using air quotes for yeah. those listening. <laughs> uh, well, there's no one watching except yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they um. They just like it's just fucked, man. It's crazy how they do it, and it's it's like a tragic story. Um, the woman who plays Leonardo DiCaprio's wife was really good. Her name's Lily Gladstone. I don't actually know her from anything. I don't think she's an indigenous an indigenous actress, and she was really good. Like I thought she was an awesome main character, and it sucks because like Leo's obviously just so good. Like he's a very likable guy. Like, most of his characters, even if they're shitty, you're going to like them kind of thing. Yeah. And this is a perfect example of that. He was a very tragic character. Like, he's the main character. You're almost, like, rooting for him, and you don't want him to be doing what he's doing. And you kind of think that there's, like, a redeeming quality coming. But it's very similar to what you said about uh, 
the great escape like this is based on a true story and there is no redeeming qualities he was yeah. a shitty person and it just is this story about how this happened and and they they got commi- uh, uh not committed uh acquit uh, anyways they got acu- like they got arrested and they go to jail and everything and it and it's just I don't know. It's a very real, very like gripping story, and it's Scorsese, right? So he knows how to tell a movie or tell a story, um, and make a movie. That being said, it's three and a half hours long. That's what I, I don't heard. Know if it <laughs> needed to be three and a half hours long, but it. If you were to tell me, if you watch it and you were to, to say it did need to be that long, I would agree. Like, or I would, I would accept it because the story. Like, I was never bored. Mm-hmm. I was never like, oh, I want this to end. I almost wanted more, but it was just so long. Like, yeah, and I understand like. I've talked to a girl at work who's pregnant. She's like, Riley, I like physically can't sit in a movie that long right now. And like, I get that. Yeah. But I can. And I, I, I was <laughs> in your face, pregnant lady. You know. Honestly, it was just like it was a good movie. Like again, he knows how to tell a story. He knows how to make a movie. And the acting all around was good. I mean, there's other characters in it too. Uh, a lot of indigenous people. But Brendan like Fraser. Yeah, Brendan Fraser shows up, and John Lithgow shows up. Um, what's his name? I don't know his name, but uh, doesn't matter. Anyways. Um, Leo's brother. I don't know the actor's name, but he was really good in it too. So, um, again, it's kind of like you said you're like diving into old movies and, and stuff. And this was a good example of a new movie. Like, again, I, I watched the Marvels and I, you know, this was a, a real movie based on a real life story, a well done movie. I was very happy with it. I was very happy to go in the theaters and sit for three and a half hours and like get invested in the story. And it was like, you know, it's good to open your eyes to that some of the shitty things that have happened in the oh, past. Yeah. So, um, I'd recommend it if you're into a three and a half hour movie. That was probably the only thing that was kind of bad about it. Uh, I'm giving it eight point seven five asshole white men out of ten. Nice. No yeah. offense to you or me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> it was a really good movie though. Like I said, it, like the the, con- the content is heavy and. Sometimes you need to watch those movies though. Oh, and he t- like I said, he knows how to tell a movie or yeah. uh, tell a story, right? Yeah. And, like, it was so good, and and all the acting, like all around, was was great. Nice. And it was, and it, you kind of get a bit of culture too. So like, you get a bit of like what what it was like for these people at that time, and like, again, that's never a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that all your list? Because I still got. I got one more. Okay, perfect. Okay, next up on my list is the twenty twenty two sports documentary series. Welcome to Wrexham. Oh, yeah, cool. uh, FX series, cool. uh, essentially the story about Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Um, for those who don't know who Rob McElhenney is, <laughs> everyone knows who Ryan Reynolds is. Yeah. Um, Rob McElhenney uh, plays Mac on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He also writes it. I think he's the one who came he's up with the idea. He's the creator of the show, yeah. Yeah, he also does Mythic Quest, I think, as another one of his shows on Apple TV. So it's a story about the two of them buying this soccer slash football team, depending on if we have any international <laughs> listeners, um, uh, from Wales. It's just this, ra- it seems to be a random football team that is like, why would they pick it? It is such a fucking good documentary. i heard it's good. Like, th- the way, like, you think it's just going to, like, focus on, like, the two of them, but it doesn't. Like, they're in it, but it focuses, like, on the town, the history of, like, this football club, the internet twinedness between the town and this football club like the history of everything and it focuses on like these are like really personal stories of like all the players too like it's just a really good documentary and it's essentially about them because i didn't know this but in football like you can if your team sucks too much you move down like 
Okay. Let's say like a league, like, like yeah. yeah. So the if you're the Edmonton Oilers and you lose a bunch, you're going down to the WHL, mm-hmm. and then you can keep moving down, but you can also move up if you win. Oh yeah, okay. So it's about them getting this awesome coach, all these like players, and like trying to move the team out of the tier that they're in. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like I'm I don't like sports. It's inspiring though, kind of thing. But like, you like I had to know like are they gonna win this game like holy shit like are they gonna win this game and the way it's shot too oh yeah it's like really good and you're oh. like watching it like holy shit like come <laughs> on boys come on boys <laughs> um so yeah i watched the first season fucking great uh we just started the second season today so i'm looking forward oh, to cool. that uh, apparently it's been renewed for a third nice um yeah fucking great how often are the two of them in it like every episode yeah i think there's yeah it might be like one or two episodes like that they're not, not in it okay, there's yeah. like a couple episodes where they do like the one where they're like it's like a welcome to wales episode sure. where they do like a talk show and like a late night talk show but it's just the two of them cool so they do like a cooking show where like they're gonna cook something welsh and then they like oh, yeah, do okay, like okay, all yeah, this yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff um so that was pretty cool and it's just it's cool to see especially rob McElhenney. like he has a episode at the start where he talks about how how much the philadelphia eagles means to him and to his family and like what the eagles winning the super bowl how that felt as like a true sports fan and like how he wants to bring that to people yeah and like you see it in the people of wrexham like how much this like soccer team means to them and how much they want them to win and how much like their everyday happiness is tied like that's something I'll never really understand because I'm not really a sports guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't really give a shit <laughs> if the Flames win or the, yeah, the yeah. Oilers win. But, like, I can appreciate the passion that people have for it. Right. And this documentary does a really good job of showing that. Cool. So, highly recommend it. Uh, this is going to sound like a weird rating system, but I'm yeah. going to give it We're nine, not judging here. nine enthusiastic fucks out of ten. Nice. <laughs> um, I would, yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Like, yep. it just came out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I suggest watching it. Uh, next up on my list, I'm going to do one more and then you can hop in. Sure. Yeah, the last one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched The Lost City of Z, which is a 2016 American biographical adventure drama um, based on the book of the same name. Story about British explorer Perry Fawcett, um, who was sent to the Amazon to like, uh, what's the thing where they draw maps? Cartography? Yep. To like figure I, I out, <laughs> yeah, figure out the border. So, um, chart. Charlie Hunnam plays Fawcett. Oh, yeah. Um, Robert Pattinson is his other explorer. Sienna Miller plays his wife. Tom Holland plays his son, Jack. Cool. It was pretty fucking good. Um, Yeah, it's this guy who gets tasked by the British government to essentially figure out where the border is between Peru and another country because there's this border dispute between them. So he's one of the first people to go up the Amazon. Oh, cool. And it's like... It doesn't shy away from the brutality of, like, what it was like to try to navigate the, the Amazon. Like, there's people puking blood. There's, like, gaping sores. And then they get attacked, obviously, by uncontacted tribes. And it's about him kind of getting obsessed with finding this lost city. Because they finally find the source of the river is what they've been tasked to do. Okay. So they find the source. And then there he finds a bunch of pottery, which kind of changes the narrative that they have in England that, like, the white men were like the first people to come up with pottery oh, and like all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the people who live in the Amazon were just, they call them savages and like stuff like that. So he finds his pottery and he becomes obsessed with the, finding the city that he calls Z. Okay. And it's about him. Keep, he just keeps going back into the 
Amazon and like stuff keeps happening that kind of like derails their fucking trip. So they can't make it as far as they want to. And he just becomes obsessed with it. And then it follows him through his whole life. So he doesn't find it. And then he has to go fight in world war one. And then it like shows that. Oh. And then cool. After he, he's like obsessed with it though. Yeah. yeah. After yeah, yeah. like, you know, world war one, his son gets older by that time. It's played by Tom Holland. And his son convinces him like, Hey, like, Let's go find this fucking city. So the end of it is him and his son going into the Amazon. And I don't know if you want to hear spoilers, but we're going to talk spoilers. They like, it's like this grand thing. Everything. It's all rousing music. They're all, they're happy. They're back in the jungle. And then they get in the middle between two tribes of uncontacted people. And it it doesn't say, because obviously this is based on a true person, but it it is implied that they get eaten by these tribes just the two of them just two of them because yeah. that was all that was on the expedition Crazy. which is him and his son yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like it's like this nice part because tom holland plays his son and he's like dad or like we're about to die and like charlie hunnam just plays the character so well that he just like he's like nothing that was supposed to happen wasn't gonna happen uh, like this is exactly what everything was supposed to happen though. this way yeah and he's quite good as this character and it kind of touches on it must be like a really British thing back in like the 1900s, but like class was really important. Yeah, that makes sense. Like his dad was a drunk, so no matter what he does in life, He's people view him as a certain class because his dad was this way. Okay. So the only way he can move up is if he gets like war medals or if he goes on this expedition. Uh, it's like wrecks him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like him. Those British people, man. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Move yeah, up yeah, their tears. <laughs> But he was really good. Pattinson, obviously, yeah. fucking nails it. Yeah. Um, uh, the one guy, he plays another person who goes on like the trip with them, and he was so fucking good. Um, yeah, I had seen the movie, but I'd never heard of anyone ever watching the movie. Like I remember oh, seeing the seen a poster. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you and like I knew it that it was like out there, but I don't think I'd ever heard of anyone actually watching it that I bumped into. And I just happened to be listening to uh, Joe Rogan podcast where. The, um, he was interviewing a guy who like d- does literally that, like goes down the Amazon, oh, yeah, and he's talking the Amazon, movie, yeah. and they're like, "Oh yeah, Lost City of Zen." I was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, I'll watch it." And I found it on Tubi, Tubi nice, and Black nice. Uh So watch it; it was good. Uh, I gave that one seven and a half Cannibal Tribes out of ten. Cool. Yeah, it sounds like I'd be into it. I mean, yeah, you it, spoiled it for me, but yeah, it's a, it's a good biographical film too, and like Sienna Miller fucking nails it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's quite I've good at playing the wife. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, uh, I went to see The Creator, which, uh, mm. yeah. Yeah, that fucking director, Monsters guy. Uh, Gareth Evans. That's the one. Gar- yeah, Gareth Gareth Edwards. Yeah, shout out Monsters, Trav, if you're listening. Travis, yeah! <laughs> I know you love that movie. Um, he did Rogue One, which, yep. is, which is good. Uh, there's something else he did, too. Anyway, so. Godzilla? Yeah, Godzilla. Oh, fuck that movie, though. Yeah, I agree. Anyways, uh, The Creator, it was uh, pretty good. Yeah. It's uh, 2023, so again, just came out. Sci-fi um, stars, what's his name? John David Washington, uh, Gemma Chan, Ken Watanabe, I think is maybe how. Watanabe. Yeah, um, it's pretty good. It was a nice sci-fi movie. Um, essentially, it's about AI and kind of like, I don't remember when it's set. In 2055, so let's call it 30 years in the future, AI has kind of become a, a an actual danger. Like like people are, there's been a war. Like we, we fought AI and I think we won, but AI is still trying to like fuck us over. And it's kind of just like this kind of dystopia world of 
AI and robots and and they call them simulants um, are like the bad guys and we are like humans are the good guys. I mean, it probably has like racist tones to it and yeah. stuff like that, right? Um, but it was pretty good. Honestly, like I said, a good sci-fi movie. Um, I was expecting, I don't know why, but the, the trailers and the like the posters and stuff, I thought it was on a different planet. Like I just didn't think it was Earth. Yeah. But it's not. It's Earth and it's, again, it's twenty Earth in 2055. So like not that far into the future you know what i mean and with the ai being a thing these days i think that was part of it of like how much do we trust ai and stuff like that um but overall honestly it was a good movie essentially um he's like an agent undercover tasked with like finding their god essentially like uh, they have a name for it uh nirmata mm. is the ai's god um so he's like they're all trying to find nirmata because nirmata is, is going to be like the person who upgrades ai to the point where they will win and blah 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 and essentially the movie becomes about simulants and they're essentially like not humans but they're not robots they're just like in between are, are they life are they worth it to save are they part of us or part of them and um like i said it has like these undertones and i'm sure there's a lot more deeper meanings, but to be honest, it was like an awesome kick-ass sci-fi <laughs> film. Yeah. Um, good, good action scenes, good, good effects and good story, good acting all around. Ken Watanabe, if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, he's always good. He's dope. Man. Yeah. Um, John David Washington is good too. He's been good in everything I've seen him in. Like, I think I'm going to say I like him as an actor now. Cause like he just, he's a great lead man. Um, yeah, I would highly recommend it. Um, it's not like oh my god the best movie of the year where like let's say dune i'm trying to think of like uh, uh other like recent sci-fi films that aren't like marvel or whatever um i think dune's probably better like that one could maybe be on my list of the best films mm -hmm. of the year i don't think this is going to make my you need to go see this but i was very happy i would recommend it um yeah I would, uh, I'd say it was a very, again, another win that I saw. So I would say 8.25 Sims out of 10, mm. which is just their word for simulant. I love that movie poster. The first time I saw that movie poster, I was just walking through Chinook. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, that's a beautiful movie poster. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what that movie is, but I want to see it. And the movie was quite beautiful. I think that's a good word for it, actually, because yeah. it shot well. And, I mean, Star Wars, kind of like I just said about Ahsoka. Like, I'm going I'm to like it. If, it. if it's good, I'm going to like it. But this looked good. This It was... And it got me into the world, and it was invested in all the characters. Like, it, like I said, it was a win. Yeah, and I, I hear it's not a massive budget on it either. And oh, that's it, And cool. it did a lot with the budget that it had. And I think I already said it looked good. Yeah. Like it, it did. Yeah. It was, like yeah. it didn't look low budget. No, correct. Yeah. Apparently it just didn't have like a Marvel or yeah. Disney or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, from what I've seen, it was like a good example of like, you don't need all that money to make a good movie. Yeah. Well, even uh, talk to me, right? Like when, yeah. when something does well, you don't yeah. need money. Exactly. Then, I'm trying to think of like other movies where like, like, my favorite movie in the entire world, John Carter. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like where something like that, you spend, I don't remember what the number is, but so many millions of dollars yeah. in a movie and it's just like trash or whatever. Okay. Right? Last up on my list before we get into our main feature of the episode, just a little preface, preface. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I used to be a big pot smoker. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Back in my day. It used to be illegal as well, so it was uh, it was pretty hardcore, I must say. Um, haven't smoked weed. David is pretty <laughs> hardcore, just so you're all aware. Uh, haven't smoked for a long time. And then this last week, obviously, my wife was in Portland. And I was like, I just I want to do something out of the normal, something that's like kind of fun. 
I'm like, well, I'm not going to drink by myself because that's just sad. I was like, well, I'll just buy myself some weed, you know, watch a movie. Light it up. Light it up and then just enjoy it. So I haven't done this for a long time. And I had to pick a good movie. Honestly, I'm just going to interrupt you. I miss, like, lighting one up and watching a good movie with <laughs> it, you. It used to be our yeah, thing. No, like, it's been a long time. Hey, this movie came out on DVD. Let's go home and get stoned yeah. and watch it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, know, okay. I get it. I get it. Um, I still do it. So I bought some weed. And I was like, I have to pick the perfect movie. So I smoked half a joint. I know. It's pretty hardcore. Half <laughs> yeah, a joint. Half a joint. <laughs> half a joint. Yeah. yeah. Smoked half a joint. It's feeling pretty good. And I was like, I got to put on the right movie. So I picked the 1998 satirical comedy film Wrongfully Accused starring uh leslie nielsen oh okay so i don't i don't know the movie but as soon as you said that name yeah uh essentially it's a parody of the film <laughs> the fugitive man oh, the fugitive. I, I was just the right amount of stoned and the humor was just so perfect for the <laughs> amount of high that i was that this movie was great like it, <laughs> yeah even the poster <laughs> yeah we don't have movies like this anymore and like to me it was just like a a beautiful time in comedy especially him like leslie nielsen as playing the straight character who's just like i mean like, like in the first part you're like i don't even know it has like a boner that like pushes like this drawer out and it's like so stupid he's like this violinist who like everyone loves and then he starts like rocking out and it turns into like a oh, rock I've concert that. i've seen that scene yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and like obviously i like Tommy Lee Jones's character from the Fugitive, from the yeah. Fugitive. So the guy who's playing him is oh, he's so like, he's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like, <laughs> obviously it's Tommy Lee Jones's character, but taken to an extreme. And man, like I said, I was probably just the perfect. It's probably not. Oh, Richard. Oh, I think I know that he's in Hot Shots. Probably. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I must have been just the perfect amount of baked because <laughs> it was, it was. I was enjoying myself the whole time i knew it was stupid i knew it was like one of those movies i loved it i gave it eight they don't make movies like this anymore out of ten yeah um i just kind of fell in love with him i don't know if it was naked gun or what it was but for some reason i just i wanted to go watch those and i bought it and then like police squad it's like the show that's naked guns based off of and man like it was very similar to what you just said like they don't make stuff like this anymore. No. You almost can't. Like, they almost overdid it with the one, like, Scary Movie and all those yeah. became a thing. And it's very much, like, self-aware comedy. Like you said, like, you know this is stupid. Oh, yeah. You but kn- I loved it. <laughs> uh, Leslie Nielsen has uh, the fart machine. Yeah. And uh, he's done it a bunch of times. There's, like, that one interview. And it's, like... I mean, maybe it's, like, old man humor, and we're just getting old, right? Like yeah. I said, you only smoke half a joint, but, like, <laughs> farts are funny. Like, stupid jokes. Boners are funny. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, well, yeah, I don't know why. I think I just needed to watch a movie like that. Like, yeah. I'm watching all, watching all these, these heavy movies. Yeah. Movie, yeah real and life. And yeah. I was like, I'm just going to get baked and watch <laughs> Leslie Nielsen just make a fucking yeah. fool out of himself. And then it made me want to watch, like... I watched a scene from like uh, Scary Movie Three where he's the president, yeah. and he's like, "And to our Native American friends, hey, how are you? Yeah, hey, hey how, how are you? Yeah, like, yeah. it's like, man, he was just yeah, he's like such a, a national treasure. Yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, and it's a shame that we don't have like, I mean, we have Will Ferrell and like stuff like that, but his way of acting in comedy was so different. Yeah, I think it was because he played it as a serious actor, You're right? But knowing that it was 100% a joke, like the straight man. Yeah, but it's in the. <laughs> 
the we the, the not straight man movie yeah or well, it's like when yeah. i don't know what it's from police files or it's like he's like shooting a gun it's like a shootout and he like sees like a dime like or a quarter on the ground <laughs> yeah, he yeah. stops picking it up and he like picks it up looks at it, he's like mm, yeah puts <laughs> it in his pocket and he keeps shooting like it's stupid humor but sometimes you just need to watch those yeah, classic movies that's all i got all right um I will say I'm watching a bunch of TV shows right now. I I brought stuff in the past though. I don't want to talk about shows I'm not done, um, but I'm watching. It's always sunny in Philadelphia right now. Nice. It's funny because I watched the episode where they try out for the Eagles recently. It's <laughs> a good one. Brought up that yet? Uh, then I'm watching House of the Dragon, which is a spinoff of Game of Thrones, and then I'm watching Gen V, which is a spinoff of The Boys. Mm. So I got lots to watch. I'm I'm trying to pump through a bunch of stuff. Um, as we do, lot lots to watch always. So. Yeah, it's good. I'll bring them up when I finish them. Perfect. Yeah. All right, we are going to get into our main feature of the episode, finally. Sorry, we had a lot to talk about. It was a busy week. Um, we're talking No Country for Old Men, which is the uh, 2007 American neo-Western crime thriller film written and directed by the Coen brothers, Joel and Ethan, uh, based on Cormac McCarthy's novel. Uh, it stars Tommy Lee Jones, Javier Bardem, and Josh Brolin as the three main characters um also stars what is her name she's kelly mcdonald kelly mcdonald yeah she's great she's great um so it's essentially a story about this character um his name is llewellyn moss played by uh james josh brolin you do always do that he's just a vietnam vet who's out hunting yep happens to come across a drug deal gone wrong dead bodies everywhere and there's a case of money and so he essentially is sitting there and he's trying to decide do i take this money or not takes the money which kicks off all these different events with heavy air bardem who plays anton sugar who essentially gets tasked with tracking down llewellyn and the money and it becomes a cat and mouse game between llewellyn Anton and Tommy Lee Jones, who is uh, an eight like retiring police sheriff, I want to say. Yep. Who is essentially two or three steps behind them the whole time, but he's pursuing them the whole time. So it's this game of chase between these three characters through the whole film. Very good synopsis. Nice. You nailed nice. it. All right. Um, yeah, like David said, it's essentially. Um, <laughs> To be honest, we always talk about what we're going to say in our little song at the beginning, and David said cat and mouse, and I, I didn't think about that until he said it, but it's a very good way to say it. It essentially is a game of cat and mouse between these three men. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the Coen brothers are very good filmmakers. David said at the start, this is our first Coen brother movie, and it most uh, most certainly will not be our last. Um, there's, they have a ton of good movies. Um, let's not even talk about them right now because we'll talk about them later. Um, say, this is probably... Obviously, this is the first one we're going to talk about. So yeah. I, w- I would say this Your is favorite? my favorite yeah. of the Coen Brothers films. Just because the first time I saw this movie, and I don't know why I decided to watch it, where I was... It's been a long... It, at this point, it was a long time since I had been so invested in a film and so uncomfortable by tension yep. in a movie. Yep. That, like, this movie, like... You know, they always talk about, oh, it's such a tense film. Like, that doesn't really get me a lot, but well, this film... we brought up a movie earlier that wasn't tense enough for you, yeah. right? Like, I felt the tension in my body during a couple of scenes of this film. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, obviously, this is my first um, exposure to Javier Bardem. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, could not have picked a better person to act as that villain. I agree. Um, 
on that note, I think everyone is very well cast in this film. Um, even, you know, you said Kelly McDonald. She plays um, Llewellyn's wife. Um, I know her from Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. And she's, she's in a ton of stuff. Um, you know, she's not even in it all that much, but she's just great. Yeah. Um, the three main characters, Tommy Lee Jones, Javier Bardem, and uh, Josh Brolin. Like, I'd watch a movie about just one of them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like all three of them could be the main character of their own story, their own movie, and like, like, like I said, I'd I'd watch a longer movie or three other movies, you know. So, um, and that goes with everybody, even like Woody Harrelson, Stephen yeah. Root, like, yeah. like it's a well cast film. Like everyone did, and it's funny because not all these people were going to be cast. So yeah, and we'll talk about that a little yeah. bit later as to the different people. And yeah. one thing that I also really liked about this film is. They don't ever actually interact face to face. Like there's a phone call between Llewellyn and Anton, but not once does any of these characters actually confront each other face to face. It's a real fifth element situation yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. They're all like I mean, there's like the one showdown between Anton and Llewellyn. But you don't even really see Anton at that part, I don't think. Like face to face? Yeah, like there's like little no, like really. shots no, of him. No, no, there's not really. But yeah, and it's it's interesting because Llewellyn is a. There's not a lot going on with his character. Like he's a very like quiet, reserved. Right. But the fact that he was like a Vietnam veteran, like as soon as he realizes that he's kind of like In being it. pursued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he comes up with these do. like yeah, yeah like yeah. cool plans like okay I'm gonna get two smart guy. two hotel rooms and I'm gonna stash the money in one while I'm staying in the other type right. thing yeah um and just I mean we'll talk about the famous scene with Anton Chigurh with yeah, flipping yeah. the coin yeah, yeah. but like you want to talk about a best movie villains from like from, since we've been alive in films I think like Anton Chigurh is definitely up there if not. Number two, I'd say to Hans Landa oh, for fair. me yeah, okay. personally. I won't argue that. Um, that's one of my notes, though. Like one of the best villains ever. Mm -hmm. I, I, I put a question mark. So like, you know, Darth Vader, he's got to be up there. You know, but like, yeah, and he, it's like you say modern, like yeah, like he might be the like okay, sure Hans Landa, but like he might be one of the best modern movie villains yeah. ever, and he is such a powerful character. Yeah, and also by not being like. Like, he's a weird-looking dude, like, with his stupid fucking hair. Yep. Like, but... And it's so weird to describe him, because, like, he's not, like... He is very menacing by being reserved. Yeah, okay, yeah, good. Yeah, yes, you know? good way to put it. Loki. Yeah. Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Great villain. I, I actually, I love him. Yeah. Um, He'd be on there, too. I'd, I'd throw him on that Me, list. too, but, yeah. like, he talks a lot, mm -hmm. you know? Even Hans Landa, that's why he... Because he does talk. Yeah. Right? Um, Anton Chigurh is, is... You don't want him to talk. No. It's it's almost worse when he talks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and there's like that... There's like this powerful way of like... You know, it's what other people say about you. And th this movie is a great job of that, right? Yeah. Like when Woody Harrelson talks about him, all he... Like, he just talks about how crazy he is, yeah. really, right? So, yeah, he's, he's great. And like a well cast, Javier Bardem does an amazing job and like you know not that you don't often like feel for a villain like this but again i'd watch a movie yeah with him as the main character yeah like, i don't want to see him win no but i want to see him 
Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I would I would agree with that for yeah. sure. And then obviously Tommy Lee Jones plays like an aging cop who is like. Is he not the best like agent cop ever man, or what? I think Tommy Lee Jones is just a fucking man. I agree. In anything he's in. My thing too is like when he when he's firing on all cylinders, he is just killing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's I know he's like one another one of those actors that everyone knows, but I don't think anyone he's not as appreciated as much as he should be. Right. Not like, necessarily an underrated actor. No. But but like it's like watching my fucking grandpa. Yeah. You know? Like with a big old southern accent. Yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. You're instantly you just have respect for him as a character by just these interactions you see. He just exudes this confidence and this wisdom in every situation he's in. And you're just like, man, I want that guy to just take me fishing. Yeah. Just teach me about life. You know, I want to be his deputy. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He was great too. The guy who plays his deputy. Yeah. Um, I found that I wanted to read the book right away. Hmm. I don't know what the first even scene is. When they, they're arresting him? Or yeah. Whatever, right? Dude, you want to talk about one of the most uncomfortable scenes that, like, ever is that scene for me. Which part? When he's choking that oh, cop. Yeah. Like, the silence of the scene with the squeaking of the shoes. It's, like, so uncomfortably quiet and, like, chaotic at the same time. Yep. Like, I hate watching that scene but i love watching it because of how good of filmmaking it is well that's that's the point right like I, you know you brought up hans landa and he's a great example i just remember walking out of inglorious bastards being like like i can't get that character out of my head yeah like i, I just hate him so much and it's similar idea like when you don't when you dis not when you dislike something because that that's a shitty movie but like when a movie gets that feeling or reaction out of you like that's just a good movie yeah man, right um and I totally understand. And uh, the soundtrack or lack thereof in this movie, yeah. like, there's not a lot of movies that do that, I don't think. Um, there's no soundtrack in this movie. No. If there's a song, it's because someone is listening to it. And I think there's only like three in the movie or something. And there's never a sound that is not like in the movie or on screen or whatever. Yeah. And it, the silence, I think, also makes it more uncomfortable. 100%. So, like, what you're saying, like, you literally hear this guy choking and his boots scraping yeah. against the floor because that's what you would hear yeah. if you were in that room. And like, like personally, I felt such like it's almost like a a, a primal thing, oh, like yeah. the fear of that and oh, not being able to do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're you're watching a guy like slowly die, and like you can just oh the sound of those shoes, man! Holy fuck! I often hear people say like when they're watching someone drown in a movie, it's the similar idea of like. You, you almost feel like you're drowning. Mm-hmm. It's like, like I don't know. And like, that's like the introduction of the character, right? Oh, it's like the first, like I said, it's like the first scene yeah. or whatever. The, you, I don't and know if you meet anybody else. You're like, that. holy shit. Like, what the fuck? Why is this guy's hair like that? <laughs> <laughs> Would you cut your own hair, buddy? Um, yeah, so it becomes this cat and mouse game. Each person, like, is trying to catch up with the other ones. But they never do. Yeah, Llewellyn's pretty much on the run the whole time. Yeah. And, you know, I disagree with what Llewellyn does. You know, he has a chance to kind of make things right in Anton's eyes to kind of give himself up. When? It's like the the only conversation oh, that Anton and... your dog agrees. <laughs> Anton and Llewellyn ever have is on, like, the phone. Yeah. And Anton essentially says, like, listen, you give me the money... I'm going to kill you, 
but I'm not going to kill your wife. Oh, in that sense. I understand. And so Llewellyn's kind of like, yeah, no, fuck you. Like, you know, you'll never catch me type thing. And even, I mean, there's the three people. Yep. Llewellyn, Anton, and Tommy Lee Jones. I don't know his name. Um, I'm just going to keep going with Tommy Lee. (laughs) Billy Joe Bob or something. Billy Joe Bob. Some redneck name. Um, But there's also the cartel. It's also... Ed Tom Bell. That was pretty close. Um, Yeah, like the Mexicans or whatever. Yeah, there's the cartel who's also in this chase the whole time as well. And they end up crossing paths with the three of them as well at different points in the movie. Right, yeah. Which is like the the scene when he's kill uh, Anton's killing all the people in the hotel yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And again, it's the even his gun is quieter. Yeah. Than a regular gun. It's a very tense movie. The yeah. entire movie is pretty much tense because like you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And again, it feels very real. Yeah, because it's not Hollywood. It's not like Llewellyn is. John Wick in his way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's barely scraping by his teeth. Oh, every, I think. Oh, I guess Tommy Lee Jones might not doesn't get shot, but like you see all the main characters digging shit out of their yeah. bodies. And shit. Yeah, like it's it's not glamorized. It yeah. is like does feel very grounded. And like it gave because I was trying to think like even like villains like I automatically go to like Billy Bob from Fargo the okay. TV series, yeah, yeah. which is also like it's not Coen Brothers, but it's inspired by the mm-hmm, Coen Brothers. Mm-hmm. So maybe like the Coen Brothers just have that kind of like vibe of a way of doing villains or yeah whatever. like yeah. interesting villains that like stick with you yeah once it's done um did he win an award for this javier yeah he did he won best uh, uh, uh supporting sorry, best supporting actor fucking right he yeah should've. yeah uh he won a bunch he won like the golden globe and the screen actors guild whatever he, he did a lot um one best picture yeah yeah um yeah there's certain scenes too that just stand out and i think that's part of the cohen brothers um, I feel like they're just they just have a good way of making a movie realistic and and also like making the like non I don't like I'm sorry the humor in the movie they're good at making real life situations but then seeing the humor in them mm-hmm. even when it's not funny at all yeah and like I think I can appreciate that Fargo the movie stands out to me like that yeah as well, kind of thing like. Why am I laughing at this? You know what I mean? <laughs> this is like, fucked up. Yeah. No, it it really shows like that they are again two very important directors of our time, masters of their craft. Almost, yeah. Right. Like because before this, like you know, my favorite movies would be like Batman. Yeah, Fight Club. I mean, I liked oh, yeah. Wes Anderson. I think I've I had seen Fargo, but I also feel like when this came out, it was still like a very um. Like, I didn't really care about directors. Like, I like movies, but I, I never really, like, loved movies. And then I saw this, and I feel like this movie definitely changed something in me. Like, it's set my bar yeah. a lot higher yeah. for acting, for... And again, like you said, like, there's no soundtrack, essentially. And it's just uncomfortable silence where this, like, stuff's happening. You're like, oh, God, get, get out of there, man. Get out of there. For the love of God, please just run. Yeah, and, like... You feel, you know, like, let's say a Marvel movie, like, oh, those aliens have their laser guns pointed at Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. I'm sure she'll be okay. Yeah. Like, you don't want this guy to get shot? No. Like, it's... it's Yeah, you and you go on this, like, fucking crusade, essentially, with Llewellyn, like, and the whole... The only reason he gets fucked is because he's a good guy, essentially, because he goes back. Well, yeah, he's tragic in that sense. Yeah. That's his flaw, right? Like, there's a guy who's, like, half... Alive. Agua. 
Yeah, and he's asking for oh, water. Yeah. And like you can see, it keeps Llewellyn up at night, so he's like, fuck it, I gotta go back and give this guy water. Goes back, guy's dead, obviously. But then, two trucks, and you you never know who's really in there, just start following him. And then it's fucking tense, and you don't know if they really see him by that point or not. Like, if they are following him, and then it just... Then he finds out there's a tracker in the money, and like yeah, that's a great yeah, scene too, yeah. where he's sitting there and same like, thing, he can't yeah. sleep, yeah, and like you can see him being like, no, there's no way, and then he fucking, and then that kicks off a scene I'll talk about later, but yeah, 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 man. Um, the one thing I found, um, maybe I'll just do this right now, but um, I like to always like write down some shots that stand out to me, and similar to, like action movies that we've talked about or certain things that like. I just had such a hard time finding shots that stood out because, like, they're all good shots. Yeah. Like, I was writing down shots, and I just started writing down all the shots, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I just found, like, like they back to, like, the Coen brothers, like, similar to Scorsese, like, they know how to make a movie. Or mm-hmm. a movie that we like, at least, yeah. right? Like, I don't know, like, the shots, I'm just going to maybe ramble them off quickly, but, like, the, the truck's on the hill. Like, he looks back at his truck, and it's just standing there, okay. He does his thing. He looks back. It's still there. He finds the guy's dead. He looks back. And, oh, shit. There's a, like, just like, I don't know. It was a yeah. good shot. Um, the first shot of Anton carrying the tank to the car, you kind of, it's like a focus on the tanks. You see this, like, you don't even really know that it's a weapon yeah. at this point. Um, but it, like, goes up to the car that he hijacks and kills the guy. Um, when he's walking in a diner and the car explodes behind him and he doesn't look behind. You know what I mean? Cool like, guys don't yeah, look Yeah, exactly. Explosions. It's just like, I don't know, good shots all around. and It was nice watching a movie like that. Yeah. And it's like, like the westernness to the film yeah, is also like the outlaws and like, it's set in like the Tommy 80s? Tommy Lee Jones' accent. Yeah, 1980. Yeah. Um, even Tommy Lee Jones' accent, right? Yeah. Like he's a sheriff yeah, and he's yeah. like, you know, going after like the villain who's Anton Chigurh, and it does feel very cowboyish. Even though, like you know, they have cars and like yeah, yeah. all this stuff. There's still western, though. Yeah, it's still yeah. the same like feeling. You know, he's he's got the he's got the the treasure and the fucking the money, but right. then like yeah, the, yeah, 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 the yeah. villains after him. No, it was uh, just fucking great filmmaking and it also makes me it's been on my list for a long time for like movies i want to watch but uh the road oh yeah which is also based on another cormac mccarthy oh the same novel that's cool so i think that might be next on my list of movies to get through cool because i want to see like what another adaptation of his work is like because this is just so good and i don't know like personally like my wife gets pumped for reading a book and she's like oh yeah i love reading and thinking of the things in my mind but like for me, like I could read No Country for Old Men, but I, I I'd rather just watch it. Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah, yeah. that's that's my medium that I really like. Again, this made me want to read the book. So like, if I ever see it and it's cheap, I might buy it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But like, you're gonna be picturing fucking. Yeah, but still, I can. Josh do that. Brolin. I can do that. I almost did James again. <laughs> <laughs> um, adding on to like the tenseness of the movie, you know, that the lack of soundtrack and the realistic sounds and dialogue or whatever um the gas attendant scene oh which david teased when he teased this movie but um essentially i think anton just buys gas and instead of going in to pay and leaving he goes in to decide if he he might kill this gas attendant and it's just this 
scene between a killer and an everyman and I don't know, like one of the most tense scenes I've ever seen, maybe in a movie. Yeah, and it's like almost because I don't think he goes in there with the intention to kill him, but as soon as the guy asks him, like, "Oh, are you guys getting weather out your way?" Like, oh, he like doesn't like it or yeah, something. He yeah, he instantly is just put off by this question of like, and the gas attendant is essentially just being you know doing his job. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, oh shit, like you're from Colorado or some shit. Like, oh, you guys are getting rain out there, like bullshit conversation that we've all had with a gas station attendant but right. it just instantly sends him into like this mode where he's like fuck this guy yeah and then he you see the gas attendant kind of like it's another game of cat and mouse yeah yeah he, and he almost like you can see him start to like be like oh this yeah, guy's yeah. about to fucking kill me yeah because he started asking him like oh like where do you live like do you live in the house like just over there and he's like trying to like get him out. him out he's deliberately asking weird questions yeah. and he talks about like the pe- the quarter from like 19. oh yeah he's like, you know how like it's journey to get yeah. here yeah it's, it's honestly a it shows the tenseness of this movie but it's just a character building m- moment for our villain and like just adds to anton sugar of like yeah man what this the guy fuck? is fucked yeah <laughs> but he also has a code which he lives by like yeah you know right. yeah you're right it's two fa- i mean essentially it's two face you're right yes, yes he's flipping a coin i mean where'd you come up with that from? <laughs> yeah but it shows like he won't kill somebody unless he has to well and um i was thinking about kind of like the message of this movie and like what what is the point if we have to ask that question mm. and i think that what i kind of took from it is it's always 50 50 oh yeah so like I guess maybe we just move to the end of the movie real quick but like sure again we like to spoil these things because we're talking about the movie but um the end of the movie I guess again air quotes when all is said and done one of our characters goes through an intersection that's a green light and gets hit by a car and like I remember watching this way back. Sorry, it's, it's Anton. Anton is driving through an intersection, goes through a green light, and gets hit by a vehicle, and doesn't die. Now, I thought when I first watched this movie that he was going to die here. I thought it was kind of that idea. Like again, I mean, like way back when I first watched this, like the idea of who the fuck knows what's going on. And I think it's kind of the idea that like that. I guess who knows what's happening? Yeah, you don't know. And I guess life is fifty-fifty. Yeah, because like. He easily could have died, and, you know, the cops start coming. So you kind of think that if he gets ca- caught by the cops, that's the end of his... He's going to jail kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's just like... it. it, it sh- like you said, it shows his code, and it shows that life is maybe just 50-50. You yeah. Know? Like, it's a yes well, or no, it's a live or a die. And sometimes the good guy doesn't win. And sometimes the every man gets to walk away. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one thing, it's kind of a spoiler, so if you don't want to... Fuck it. No spoilers. <laughs> Llewellyn doesn't make it, but he has an off-screen death, which yeah. well, the first time I watched it kind of bothered me. But I like that you are shown it through Tommy Lee Jones's perspective. Yeah. Because the whole time it's always him. Like again, like I said, like he's, he's, he's always behind. two, three steps yeah. behind yeah. everything. But it's revealed what happened to Llewellyn through him, which I, it was kind of nice to see. Yep. You get you get closure even though you don't get to see the yeah, closure. Yeah, but you don't like. At first, I was like, why? Why wouldn't you show it? But you almost don't need to see. Agreed. It's yeah. it's better that you don't because I don't know. I had a 
attachment to Llewellyn. He's obviously the main character. Yeah. Um, so it's almost better that you didn't see it. You don't know how it went down. You don't know if it was like the badass action scene where he took down three of them. Or maybe he just got like shot and that was right. it. Yeah, right, right. It was very lackluster. Yeah. It doesn't affect the story. Yeah, the story is the same no matter yeah. what you see or not. Yeah. It's always the same outcome. No matter what, Tommy Lee Jones was never going to catch him. was never going to save him. And there's nothing he could ever do. Yeah. Yeah, and then essentially Anton gets the money. Yep. Um, he gets away. Tommy Lee Jones doesn't solve really anything. Nope. He just retires and then lives like a happy a happy life with his wife. Um, and yeah, Anton essentially, like David said, Llewellyn kind of digs his wife's own grave, and Anton shows up to murder his wife, uh, uh, Llewellyn's wife. Um, and the movie itself is a little ambiguous on yeah. what happens, but I think it's I think it's clear that he does kill her. Yeah. Um, I think she she dies, and it's kind of again the movie just kind of moves on in a way of like Anton gets to live and walk yeah. free. Yeah, that's life. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, sometimes you got to make decisions that aren't gonna work out the best for people around you. And it is an interesting way to end a story with like you know, Llewellyn's dead, his wife probably dead, um, the bad guy gets away, and the good guy, uh, Tom Lee Jones, just gets to live his life. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant film. Yeah, very good. Um, favorite scenes? Uh, I think mine is chronologically first, yeah, so I shall go first. Um, so it's Llewellyn gets to a hotel, motel, somewhere. Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn. I go <laughs> now myself. Chilling at the Holiday Inn. That's a chingy song for all of our <laughs> older, <laughs> older listeners out there. Um, so he tells the guy at the front, like, hey, you know, if anyone shows up who's kind of like sussy, let me know. What was your word? Swarmy? Swarmy. There's any swarmy people coming here, let me know. <laughs> so it's just him chilling in his hotel room. And he's like trying to go to sleep. And then he, like, you know, like we said, he wakes up and he's like, there's no way. Like he essentially says that out loud. Like, yeah, because so he's already, I think he, was, he realizes that he's already been like found once. Yeah. So, cause I don't remember exactly what happened. It was like he, the first hotel. Yeah. Where he, like oh, slid it in yeah, the yeah, air yeah, vents. Exactly. So he knows somehow he's tracking yeah. me yeah so he thinks like there's no way so then he starts going through the money and he finds a tracking device so then he calls so as he finds the tracking device he calls down to the front desk and it just keeps ringing and ringing and ringing and he tells the guy if anyone checks in let yeah. me know so then he realizes there's no one at the front anymore so then he shuts off the lights and he essentially like you know sits in this chair with a gun and it's like it's quiet but then you hear like footsteps coming towards and you see the footsteps at his door and then the fucking lock gets shot off yeah so we didn't sorry I'm, i don't mean to interrupt you but we didn't really talk about the air tank that anton sugar yeah has, is like a i don't know what's called but they used to they use it on cows it's like an air gun like pops a needle in. pops a needle in the cow's forehead mm-hmm. so this is what he uses throughout the movie to kill people he pops locks off of doors yeah, he essentially uses compressed air to kill and enter things. Correct. Which is like an interesting weapon for, for your weird haircut villain. Agreed. And at one point he even says, that makes no sense. You use the right tool for the job, which is interesting because that's the tool he pretty much uses for yeah. every job. Yeah. Anyway. So. The lock pops off. Locks pops off. He kicks the doors and it starts this like fight between Llewellyn and Anton. Really the only time they actually face, the face, face. Out, face off, essentially. And Llewellyn proves to be a lot more competent i think than anton had suggested and the reason that it was my favorite scene is the build-up to the fight between them is 
because you're real like realizing as Llewellyn is realizing right, that like we're kind of with him. Yeah, like yeah. oh shit, like you're being tracked and oh shit they're here and oh shit he's right outside the fucking door like and again the stillness i guess of the situation where it's chaotic at the same time because like it's just a dude walking towards the door and like you can just see the shadow like the feet in front of the door and like i don't know about you my my fucking heart the first time i saw this was like like, holy fuck get out of there boy well it's interesting too because like a lot of movies use a sound almost every movie uses a soundtrack and you know again i i brought up darth vader earlier but like you know darth vader comes down the the stairs the the music itself feels intimidating like this movie is a perfect example of like you don't need music. Well, and it's this like scene yeah. is just tense or, or whatever. Word. Well, it's hard not to be affected by m- music. You're right. Yeah, you can so, change a scene with a different song. Yeah. yeah, and it almost shows again the power that these directors have is that they don't need that. Yeah, like, you don't yeah. need to feel affected by the music that you should feel scared because you just it's are scared. You're scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Coen Brothers, man. Yeah. No, but you're right. Like, you know, Llewellyn, you know, at this point, you think he'll survive. So you, he's our hero, if you will. He's yeah. kind of our main character. And yeah, like, you don't want him to die. No. You know, this guy's going to come kill him. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So my favorite scene, I think it's kind of pretty much like kind of after yours in the sense of after the shootout. Um, uh, Llewellyn and Anton go their separate ways. No one really wins or whatever. They're both, I think they both get injured. Yeah. Um, Llewellyn then brings himself, he's in Mexico when he wakes up, right? Yeah. He like yeah. wakes up to the yeah, so he goes, mariachi band. No, but then when he's in the hospital, my son's oh, in the hospital, yes. right? Yeah. So he essentially makes his way, he, he crosses the border in his injured state, ditches the money, and kind of gets into a Mexican hospital, for lack of a better, for to, to, make this long story short so he the scene that i found was my favorite scene is when he wakes up in the hospital um and woody harrelson's character who we haven't really talked about yet no carson he's he's essentially his name's carson he's essentially just like another hitman i think he's a hitman yeah who is in charge or who gets hired to track down anton slash the money because um it's like the businessman it's kind of like the side plot but um the scene itself is just the scene of Llewellyn waking up to a stranger holding some flowers for him who obviously doesn't know this guy. Um, and it's just kind of the scene between the two of them. It's almost like this dick measuring contest yeah, a, yeah. of like, a good way of I'm it. a little bit manlier than yeah. you are. You think you're better than me kind of yeah. thing. And like Llewellyn is you know pretty injured. He's hospitalized, laying down, just waking up from however many days or whatever. Um, but he's like holding his own. Yeah. They start talking about welding and, and he's like, what do you do? I'm a welder. He's like, what do you weld? He's like, if, if you can weld it, I can do it. Yeah. And he starts like questioning him. I'm a fucking man. And he's like, what did I say? <laughs> you know, uh, it's just kind of like, again, like this power struggle, like I said, this yeah. dick measuring contest and the Coen brothers, I kind of said earlier with the comedic thing, like they have a way of making things non comedic funny. They just have a way with dialogue. Yeah. Like, like like man those characters know how to talk i don't really know how to word it but like just the way that llewellyn is holding his own and woody harrelson is holding his own between each other where you'd kind of think either one could be intimidated by the other and neither one is yeah it's just i guess 
it's kind of similar to my thank you for smoking scene with the Marlboro man. It's it's these two characters almost in a power struggle. Yeah. Um, you like those yeah. chess game? Yeah, the chess. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was good, and I'll give a quick shout out to when um, Llewellyn's coming back to the to America. He has a bit of a similar exchange with the, like the border guard. Um, he's just this is like humorous but serious. Like, yeah, it's, like it's not funny, but it is funny. Um, just with this, yeah, yeah, and like there's not really a lot that is you would consider comedic about like um, his performance, like Brolin's. Per- performance no, it's, it's it's like the straight man thing it, but it, yeah but it is yeah like, oh, yes sir like just the way he yeah, like are you jacking me no sir don't jack me <laughs> yes sir <laughs> you know like like yeah his d- delivery of the lines is funny when he's not trying to be so it's, and it's, yeah it's again similar to this tense scene this tense scene is not trying yeah. to be tense it's just tense right? yeah yeah it's just great man this is a great film it's a good movie man it's a good choice and again coen Thank brothers you. i'm looking forward to doing more of their films uh, yeah i don't know what else they c- got coming down the pipeline either as far as yeah, future wise really goes either, but honest, um yeah. great directors definitely best two of the best directors of our generation yep for sure made some great ones so we'll look forward to more of their reviews in the future mm-hmm. uh you want to give your rating yeah sure i'm going to rate it nine coin tosses out of ten mm, i'm gonna go with ten glasses of milk out of ten ten out of ten eh ten out of ten yeah good it's for you. uh it's definitely in my top ten. I don't know where. Whenever anyone asks you, like, where's your, what's your top ten? Like, I know what's in there, but where it ranks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That I don't. Uh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it, in there. It was one of those movies uh, that I'd say like Mad Max: Fury Road. That yeah, yeah. I hadn't experienced something like that in a long time, or if ever. Yeah. Yeah, and again, like it. You know, let's say you saw a better version of this movie, right? Like, it would that would might bump it off the list. Yeah. You haven't yet. No. So, no. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. There hasn't been any movie I found to be as tense, well acted, and just enjoyable as this film in a long time. So. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's th- uh, No Country for Old Men. So, um, like Ooh. I said, good choice, David. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, underrated actor? Go for it. Your choice. Um, you know, this is an actor who a lot of people out there might not know him. He was quite big back in the day. In um, Europe, <laughs> Rob, if you're listening, Dad, this one's for you. Um, uh, my choice is Max von Sydow. Uh, obviously, I talked about him in one of the movies I reviewed today. Three Days of the Condor made me think about him. I reviewed him in Dreamscape as well That's with right. Dennis Quaid. Yeah, uh, he was also in the amazing 1996, I want to say, film Judge Dredd. Uh, with 95, Stallone, yeah. ninety five. I was close. Yeah, you were not bad. Um, the He's in uh, the Force Awakens. Force Awakens, the Canadian classic film. If you haven't seen it, what are you doing as a Canadian? <laughs> Strange Brew. Uh, he plays the villain who is trying to use mind control and beard to <laughs> create like an army of villains i don't know uh he's in shutter island shutter island he's in rush hour three um he's most internationally known for film I- ingman bergman's the seventh seal i've yet to watch it that is another one that's high on my list of movies that i don't want to watch right he's in game of thrones he's the three-eyed raven uh he's not sure he's not in a bunch i think that's his name He's not in a bunch of episodes, but uh, he's pretty good in it. He's a character, like, no matter what I've seen him in, I always, he's one of those people who's a likable person when they're good, and you like him when they're bad, too. Mm, Yeah, that's fair. I don't know if it's just that Europeanness. 
just a good actor. Just a good actor, <laughs> yeah. maybe. But even in like three days of the Condor, yeah, yeah, he starts the film as is he a villain. In it? He's the guy who well, knocks him down. Oh, yeah, sorry. So he starts it as the guy who's going after, and he he's also the guy who kills all of his, okay. um, the people that Robert Redford works with. But by the end of the movie, like the contract on Robert Redford has changed, so he's not the villain anymore, and then he helps him. Cool. So he goes from being the villain to uh, a likable ally and even in like strange brew like you don't hate him yeah, yeah. when he's like doing mind control hockey fucking right, things right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um he's old or he was old he's passed away he was born 90. in 1929 look at that Jesus. yeah so um if you are listening and you know him you probably know him as an old man um but because uh, i'm looking at it here his first movie was in 1949 it's crazy yeah so he had a lot of obviously a huge career um and like David said, the kind of just like a, a, a well-trained actor, just like a traditional. Yeah. Knows well, what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, and it's nice, obviously, because like I've been going back and watching all these like older things to like reappreciate actors that like almost have been forgotten about. Yep. These days, like I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about like Max von Sydow or Steve McQueen, Paul Newman yeah, in yeah. a long time, unless yeah. I'm talking to old people. <laughs> yeah. But like, there's a certain uh, je ne sais quoi. Ooh. to these older actors and just the way that they carry themselves and you know it's like christopher lee like yeah. and ian mckellen yeah, yeah, yeah. are just these classically trained like just um, imagine meeting these people or being in their presence yeah right? like yeah. it's the way they act is just different and i just thought max von Sydow should get a shout out you can't follow him on social unfortunately but um watch one of his movies and just appreciate how good of an actor he was through his whole life. That's right. So, all right. That's it. Um, That's songs for a movie, maybe. Oh yeah. You want to go first? Yeah, well, I got to pull mine up because it has a really confusing name. All right. While David pulls his up, I'll just let you know mine because I don't have to pull mine up. Um, again, I'm not sure if David knows this song. Um, I took a bunch of music from him years ago, and I'm able just to kind of explore random songs that I have. So, um, this movie is called "Monster Inside You" by Humble Wolf. Oh, fucking Humble Wolf, man. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So you do know it, or at yeah. least the band. Yeah. Um, I know the album. Paper Thin, I think it's called. Yeah, that's a good song, too. Uh, so essentially, I don't know. It's just like a kind of like a manly song. <laughs> it's like uh, introduction of a manly character. Like, it's probably the villain. Uh, the song kind of repeats this uh, phrase of, I think you're fucked again. And yeah. I think, yeah, you know, yeah. like the Guy main Richie. character gets in the <laughs> ring and he's like, I can, I can fight this fight like oh that's not who you're fighting you're fighting that guy yeah. and then that this song kicks in yeah and, i wonder yeah, what happened so, to that band i don't know god i haven't listened to humble Wolf again again i just random play my random i'm um, shuffle yeah. all my songs and nice. i just yeah so uh, again badass introduction song most likely to a villain because it yeah has nice. a bit of a negative you're fucked yeah. kind of theme it's so. a good it's a good good pick on that one yeah thank, um, thank you sir I picked. I'm not gonna say the full title because it's like way pronounce too, it, dude. You got it's this. It's way too much to say. You've been getting good. SC91 Act Three Nessun Dorma. Honestly, that sounds by Pavarotti. It's based on a play. It's obviously an opera. Um, obviously, an obviously. Opera. Those who don't know Nessun Dorma, like what do you do with <laughs> yeah. your life? Um, it's probably one of the more famous opera songs. Yeah, when you said I know it, you played the smallest little clip, and I did. Yeah, yeah. And, like, to me, because I listen to, I think it's very important as a, a human, especially somebody as uh, like us, 
to go and just put your headphones on and just listen to music. Oh, that's the, all, yeah. The yeah, way I, we used to. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Like, the way music is supposed to be listened to. Like, yeah, you got your stereo, whatever. When you're just shut off from the world yeah. with a good set of headphones that, like, oh, and it's playing the song great. So this song, I listen to it a lot when I walk my dogs by myself. Um, and I just picture it's the last stand of the rebellion against the main villains or you know the zombies are breaking through the fucking main gates yeah yeah yeah. and it's the last stand of most of the group slow-mo some oh yeah yeah good good, some but some of it like you know right right right. it has to be the last stand people are dying yeah Yeah. it's the characters you care about are sacrificing themselves for x and y to (laughs) make it out you know and like i just picture it because he hits that last note and it has to be a giant minigun that's just like firing yeah, yeah. like thousands of rounds a second. And like it has to be that. I love it. And it has to pop out from the ground and it's got to be a guy going, ah. <laughs> it has to. So that's my pick. Um, I'm sure it has been in a movie. I think it has. It would be I'm weird sure it has. if it yeah. hadn't, if yeah. nobody had listened to like one of the most famous operas and be like, we should put this in a fucking <laughs> yeah. sci-fi movie, man. Uh, yeah, that's my pick for the episode. Right on, man. Good pick. Yeah. I like it. Okay, well, I believe that is a wrap. Episode episode 23? (laughs) 22, I think, David. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, No Country for Old Men. If you haven't seen it, you should. It's a good movie. It's uh, not going to make you feel great, I don't think. (laughs) But it's a good film. I asked uh, Sally, I'm like, hey, um, you want to watch No Country for Old Men with me? No. Oh, okay. It's It's good, though, man. Why don't you want to watch it? It's depressing as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it is. is. So good though. <laughs> um yeah, honestly, we always say it, but thanks for the support. Um you want us to talk about a movie that you uh like or dislike or whatever, let us know. Reach out, tag us, like and subscribe and hit that plus button on Yeah. Apple. We also we have an idea for another episode. It's gonna be a slightly different from our normal thing that we got cooking. We're just kinda waiting for the schedules to line up and yeah the, all that to pan out and then we're gonna try something new see if you guys like that trying to do some fun stuff so. could be a dumpster fire it could be better than a dumpster fire it's gonna be pretty <laughs> fucking good we, we're pretty good at this at this point um yeah honestly we're also in the uh the colder months of uh alberta weather so the heater has been on and yeah. off and i but imagine it'll you know, be surprisingly not too cold for november I agree. Thank you. Thanks Global for warming. Us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like for the next couple episodes, we'll be having some uh, heater noises. Yeah. We're going to try something to do some soundproofing. We're making progress. You know, it's it's all it's all part of the journey. You know, we're busy guys. We got full-time jobs. We do what we can. But um, like we say, we always appreciate the support. Thank you, everyone. Feel free to follow, subscribe, all that sort of fun stuff. Um, as for the next one, I believe uh, we're going to meet the, the girlfriend's family. Mm. Uh oh. And that's uh, all I'll say about that. Maybe have some tea. We might have some tea. Oh. We might go for a run. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop. Okay, everybody. Uh, thanks again. We, we love you. We appreciate it. We will catch you on the next one. Adios.